Folks, equity investments are subject to market risks and please read all the scheme-related documents carefully. Although this is a hypothetical game that we're playing right here, deciding whether we should buy, hold on or sell the stocks of Formula 1 teams heading into the second half of the 2021 season, do do that carefully. If you're perhaps a Russian oligarch or maybe even a Saudi businessman or someone of that stature, this one might be interesting for you. Or otherwise, let's just have some fun with it, right? Even though you aren't, it'll be fun to discuss what happens. And we did a little fun thing early on in this season when Kunal and I, Kunal of course being the former marketing head of the Force India F1 team, when we discussed the stocks for all the F1 teams. We considered the start of the year, well, if X team was a stock, would you buy, would you hold on, would you sell? Mid-season has gone past and now, Kunal, it's a good time to get back in and review our decisions. And first up, we've got the defending champions, Mercedes, and you said you would buy at a premium. Would you still keep that decision though? I think I would keep that decision, but firstly, thanks for that fantastic introduction, Samil. Uh, I must say that you know, I was hoping you'll say it in like 2x speed, like you hear it when, you know, a, a mutual fund company or an asset management company actually does its advertisements on radio or wherever you see it. But yes, thanks. It was fantastic. As always, you're the best opener I've ever worked with. And I'm pretty sure we're going to continue to do this for years to come. Right. You're joking, aren't and, you, Kunal? You used to be with Royal Challengers Bangalore. They've got some pretty explosive openers there as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing. <laughs> but yes. It depends. You know, the thing is, you never knew if they would fire every batch. Oh, but I know you fire every episode and you fire 5X. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's Somil Arora, uh, you know, the host of the driving force on Disney Plus Hotstar. He's usually very coy about introducing himself, you know, but uh, it's my pleasure to do this time and again. And yes, Somil, you know, we were actually planning planning to do this uh, mid-season, but then with the triple headers that come in and suddenly you fire one race after the other, we couldn't really do this. And then we said we've had a triple header that's ended. There's a, there's a weekend break, which seems pretty rare. Why don't we try and review if our investment strategy at the start of the season was correct, Samuel? So, mm -hmm. yes, you asked me about Mercedes, but I'm going to say this. For everyone who has actually bought the stock of Liberty Media and Formula One, it's actually a good time to still buy more stock because we are having yeah. one hell of a season and, you know, battle of the generations, battle between two of the best teams most managed, best managed teams, I would say, two very politically astute teams as well. Literally, Samuel, they have brought every aspect of the sport. Uh, you know, they, they're using every, every arsenal they can, whether it's the FIA, whether it's yeah. protests, it's the media, it's the drivers, <laughs> it's their second drivers, all of that. So keep buying stock because F1 stock is definitely something you and I and all of us can buy, Samuel. Exactly. And it's only on the way up. And we've seen the effect that Drive to Survive has had. We've seen the effect that the Schumacher documentary has had in the first couple of days. More on that on the podcast in a few days. But it's crazy, Kunal. It is just growing. And it's good to see the, the regular order being challenged. And on the whole, it may not look like Mercedes is strongest here. But heading into the second half, there's still a ray of optimism, right? So, uh, I wouldn't say buy at a premium. I, I, my take would be just hold on. You never know what's going to happen now considering the competition is just getting so hot here. Yes, it is. You know, it's great that we have a battle because typically we've not... And, you know, we've seen out of the 22-odd races, you know, eight remains. So that's just about one-third of the season still to go, right? Uh, just to see 
just to see Mercedes be challenged is fantastic. And I, here's why I would still say that when we you know, said at the start of the year that you should buy Mercedes even at a premium is because of the fact that you know, the 2021 rule changes were, were more focused towards slowing Mercedes down, narrowing the gap and all of that. We've been through the whole low rake, high rake talk several times over you know, a cut of the triangle on the floor and how it's impacted Mercedes more. But they have dug deep in their technical team, in their engineering resources to actually come up with a car that can challenge Red Bull Racing. Right. And and what I love about all of this is, you know, there's been an ebb and flow in form and ebb and flow in who's the favorite and who's not, depending on which circuit we go to. So Mercedes, yes, we said buy at a premium. I would still say keep buying at a premium because at this moment, nobody really knows who could just come out on top, come Abu Dhabi. And we must uh, remind you that we're not talking about 2022 because then the slate gets wiped up clean. You never even know where they could be. We're just talking about until the end of the season. And it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And you mentioned this ebb and flow, right, Kunal? It's awesome. It's, it's actually so much fun to see that there have been so many big moments. And just before we talk about the other teams as well, we just have to talk about how the championship has changed completely. And... What about Valtteri Bottas? Because now, finally, Mercedes are facing some sort of competition in the Constructors' Championship. Bottas, of course, announced that he'll be leaving the team at the end of the year. But we saw this reinvigorated version of him. And this could mean maybe good things for Mercedes. And it's just that last bright spark you needed before, of course, this break, where we can discuss whether to buy or not. And it would be like an artificial pump-up, basically, like a bit of a result coming in before uh, you start to decide whether to buy or not. And this one is a good one for them. It should be. And let's remember the Valtteri Bottas Russian Grand Prix oh, is yes. coming up next weekend. It's literally the VTB. <laughs> <laughs> You've nailed it. <laughs> oh, my. But <laughs> yes, it's a very... I remember you saying Mercedes <laughs> is a very dependable stock that will give returns. And that sawmill is fantastic. And that's the best way to summarize Mercedes in this episode. Indeed it is. And it's time for Red Bull Racing now. Uh, we had a bit of an interesting take, to be honest with you, for Red Bull Racing. It'll be like uh, eating our words right now, but I'll tell you exactly what we said about Red Bull Racing. We said that, hold on, what's the worst that could happen? That's what I said. Kunal uh, said, buy now and decide whether or not to sell off. He did say whether or not to buy more, but to sell off during the middle of the season. <laughs> Because that's where usually Red Bull tend to dip in. Uh, made that decision yet, Kunal? Decided to sell it off anywhere? Sell it to me if you can. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would sell it to you if I could. But absolutely, I would say buy more, keep buying. You know, we hear these talks about how Red Bull are investing more in 2021 just to get the title. They might be impacted in 2022. If, that's, if there is even an iota of truth in that, and nobody knows the source to this, right? Uh, it's probably the best time to keep buying more Red Bull because the championship uh, seems closer now than ever before. So, you know, if you look at both the drivers, they are still struggling with the second driver and so on. Doesn't really care. Red Bull wants the driver's title for Max Verstappen. And let's just see how it all turns out in 2022, Samuel. So I would say... Keep holding, but keep buying. And mm. I, I remember, you know, when I said sell off during the mid-season, it was, 
It was also down to the fact that Red Bull typically got stronger through the mid-season, right? But this time, they actually started the season extremely strong. They've held neck and neck with Mercedes. So keep buying, folks. And let's hope Max Verstappen is also keep, is able to keep adding to his point tally. Because I remember, you know, Sundaram F1 stats guru, he pulled out this stat that Max Verstappen has most retirements for any of the current drivers mm. uh, on the grid. So again, you know, Max is literally defying all statistics he really can to try and win his first title in Formula One with Red Bull Racing. It's interesting you mentioned that, Kunal, because I've just got the stat pulled up right here as well. Four DNFs for Red Bull this year, but eight wins and four are separate podiums. Eight wins for Red Bull Racing. Mercedes have only had four. When they're on the track, when Red Bull Racing are actually doing their own business, they are just superb. And honestly, even though one might expect a little bit more from Sergio Perez to come up and maybe deliver in terms of the Constructors' Championship, you can't take anything away from them. And maybe now's a good time to, well, be bullish about Red Bull? (laughs) Can I? (laughs) Just came on the fly. Oh, That's what it is. But yes, uh, lots of good stuff coming. Uh, finally, uh, before we move on to all the other teams, predictions about Red Bull, right? I mean, of course, it's a bit too hard to ask and it's the question on everyone's lips. But do they finally get there? And do they finally do it this year? Uh, a simplistic question, but still. Well, they're literally trying all they can to not let Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton get ahead, right? And we saw that in uh, in Monza, literally speaking. Uh, in Sochi, they of course are going to just talk that they might just take a, you know a power unit penalty and all of that that will come through. So I get this feeling that Red Bull might just keep that one inch or half an inch ahead of Mercedes come Abu Dhabi. A lot of it is down to just how driven Max is on track, and if he doesn't have more you know non non point scoring finishes or DNFs as as we would say. And with that, we move to McLaren. Now, this is actually going to be such a good one. With McLaren, we were just discussing early on in this year, well, whether this is a team that's too good to be true. Uh, Of course, that was a bit evident because we thought that the Mercedes engines were coming in, Ricciardo was coming in. Everything seemed like a fairy tale. And honestly, Kunal, right now we can come back and say that fairy tale is real. We can only buy in right now, can't we? Oh, yeah. And it's literally been that the fairy tale came true at Monza with the 1-2 with Daniel Ricciardo scoring his win. And I remember I said the best is yet to come. And I said, keep buying. Mm. And the truth is, I would still say keep buying the McLaren stock. Even if Ricciardo is not fully bounced back, I totally expect Lando Norris to keep delivering the goods as he can for the remaining eight races of the season, Sommel. So McLaren... And, you know, like I said in one of the previous episodes, for all those who, you know, grew up through the 90s and the 2000s watching, you know, Schumacher and Ferrari versus McLaren, Hacken and Raikkonen and Montoya, all those, you know, awesome drivers that raced there. You may have not liked McLaren then, but you you probably are yeah. extremely happy to see them recover in this era of Formula One. They've literally been down in the dumps, the most embarrassing seasons they've ever had in their history so I, I i love seeing mclaren this new 
you know, the new boyish look that McLaren has, you know, under Ron Dennis, it was this whole corporate, uh, mm. you know, tight upper lip kind of look. But I love the whole friendly vibe that McLaren gives. And it gives me so much joy that the stocks that I hypothetically bought at the end of the season are coming good, uh, you know, at this time when we are doing a review, Sobel. Exactly. And with McLaren, it's become more of that Gen Z team. And Kunal, you mentioned when we did the initial review for McLaren that they're spreading out into different branches of motorsport. They're becoming a more likable brand. And even if you take that Formula 1 element aside, even if you could actually buy stock, you would want to. They're just becoming a better brand as a whole, as, as an automotive company, and just becoming more likable. And you're so right with that. That likability element was somewhat missing in McLaren over that last couple of years. And now, we finally seem to have it. We do. And, you know, the big question is, will Daniel Ricciardo be back or not? And, you know, will the wind drive him further? And I just get this feeling the summer break that he had plus this win is only going to make him more on Sommel. And, you know, McLaren versus Ferrari, that's what's happening. And I know Ferrari is the next team on our list. So there we go to Ferrari then. Now, this will be... <laughs> A bit interesting, to say the least. Now, with Ferrari, uh, I, I remember vividly, I remember vividly saying that it's the hope that genuinely kills you. But the hope is getting better, Kunal. And again, you normally tend to feel good about it, that Ferrari are doing better. But then you come back to the same point that the hope kills you eventually. But objectively speaking, this is amazing from Ferrari in comparison to last year. But again, they've lost this big chunk of points to McLaren, of course, this big win helping McLaren get ahead. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, what do you reckon with Ferrari? You know, I remember saying, hold on to your Ferrari stocks because lots of things, lots of uncertainties when you're dealing with everything Ferrari, especially in Formula One, right? <laughs> and uh, I would say that maybe Ferrari becomes like the second rung of stocks that I would buy at this point of the season because some of those uncertainties have sort of been addressed. Carlos Sainz Jr., for example, will they still have as disappointing a run as they did in 2020 and their tire trouble? So if you would have asked me after the French Grand Prix, I would have been like, just sell all your Ferrari stock, <laughs> right? But you see, there is some, again, there is some joy in seeing Ferrari not slide down any further. And to me, that is also crucial for a brand like Ferrari, for somebody, you know, they say Ferrari is Formula One, Formula One is Ferrari and all of that. So uh, seeing them not make all those silly errors that they did before, uh, hearing the Ferrari radio where the drivers are constantly questioning their engineers and so on, I, I would say second rung of stocks definitely buy Ferrari, but it won't be my first priority stock in the second rung of stocks. We'll come to the first one when we discuss the other teams. Indeed, we shall. And <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned this with Ferrari. They're very mercurial. It's like one of those, uh, I wouldn't say penny stocks because they certainly aren't a penny stock. It's one of those blue <laughs> chips that tend to flicker around quite a fair bit where you can make a quick buck at times but the other times it just dips in and others are like, yeah, we don't even know how this company is going to go, man. That's what it seems like for Ferrari. Uh, I didn't know horses were that erratic, but it, it seemingly is becoming a bit of a funny year for Ferrari. And you know, now that we've seen McLaren also deliver with both drivers, do you still think that there's this air of optimism around them getting to P3 in the championship? You never know. I mean, the, the big factor in this is literally Daniel Ricciardo and if McLaren will have Ricciardo Norris, because Ricciardo Norris delivering with McLaren seems the most stronger option to me than Charles Leclerc, Sainz, and Ferrari. So 
if the if if all three options uh, or if all three of the combo fire from McLaren, then it's only going to get tougher for Ferrari. That's my view. And with that, we get to Alpine. My word, Kunal, it's been a bit surprising with Alpine and surprising in a good way. But has it though? Uh, it may seem fantastic to see that big win from Hungary and that will be the one grabbing the headlines. Of course, when we look at Alpine stats, there's that big one win in the middle. But apart from that, no podiums, three DNFs this year. They're, they're in behind Ferrari and it's good that they're beating Aston Martin. But honestly speaking, this... I think it's slightly inflated by that win, isn't it? Uh, would you buy? Would you hold? Would you sell? Uh, I think we said we would hold on early on in the year. Uh, yes, we would hold on earlier in the year, I would say. Yes, you're right that the win in Hungary is inflating the Alpine you know, situation in the Drivers' Championship because they would have otherwise been beaten to to fifth by AlphaTauri, and I've just got the points open since I never remember them, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the great thing, I think, about Alpine is showing that uh, Fernando Alonso has settled in extremely well. Fernando Alonso is not the Fernando Alonso of the old that we remember. You know, he's turned out to be this team player and stuff. So the, the prospects of the team seem much better maybe in the future to come, right? But at this moment, I would I would hold. They've had a very stable uh, performance this season. You know, they've scored literally in every round of the season apart from Bahrain. So they are on a point scoring streak. We saw Esteban, despite his dip midseason, he's come back strong enough as well and, and so on. So I would say I would just hold on to Alpine and then maybe save all some money to buy it for next year. Given, you know, Fernando Alonso would have spent a year in Formula One with Alpine. Uh, the whole talk about Alonso wanting them to start on the 2022 car from the 1st of January 2021. Yeah. And then just the fact that there's a complete reset that everyone hits at, at for next year, Samuel. But Kunal, before we move to other teams, there's this one critical question about Alpine that we must discuss. Now, of course, sometimes the board of directors tend to make emotional decisions. And many say that handing Esteban Ocon a three-year contract was a bit of an emotional one. Yes, he's proved himself by winning in Hungary, but... Would you think that this one is something that takes a shine a little away from their stock? Because, of course, one of their major assets of this company, the Youth Driver Academy, is falling behind a little bit. You know, the, the, it's not that the Youth Driver Academy uh, is, uh, is sort of uh, falling behind, in my view. It's just they're, they're doing really well in the Youth Driver Academy business, right? To give... To give Ocon a three-year contract was actually, in my view, the right thing to do because they need stability. You can't really seek you can't really seek long-term stability from Fernando Alonso given his age. He's happy to do one or two seasons in and then take it from there. Every other team has, you know, got a junior driver or a young driver to focus on, whether it's Russell and you know Russell at Mercedes or Leclerc and even signs at Ferrari, Max Verstappen at Red Bull. So for Alpine, they needed somebody who comes with talent, who comes with experience. And let's remember, you know, Ocon has also done fantastically well in the junior formula and is a former Mercedes junior. Maybe he's still a Mercedes junior. Who knows, you know? So I say it's fine. And, you know, uh, yes, Alpine's junior driver prospects are actually really very strong as well. So, uh, to to me, it's it's an emotional decision. You know, Ocon being French probably 
you know, swung it a, a little more in his favor. Maybe another extra year came in because of that. <laughs> but yes, at the moment, they, their prospects seem much brighter as Alpine than they did in their, you know, previous avatars, Renault, to be Sommel. Which is a bit hot because the Alpine blue is a little bit less, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a bit less bright than that old Renault yellow. But that's about Alpine. Now, it's about Alpha Tauri. And my word, Kunal, is this the most lopsided team uh, technically we've got in terms of the teammate statistics? The, can we just call them Pierre Gasly Racing by this stage right now? <laughs> you said earlier on in the year that there's not a lot of changes going on. Maybe a good idea to hold on or only buy if you're a Japanese Formula 1 fan. And it's, it's a bit of a weird one. Buy for Gasly, sell for Sonora. Can you do something like that ever? Like buy half a stock? And you know, well, maybe Japanese fans will just buy anyway. So yeah. everyone listening in from Japan, yes, keep buying. He's got one more season. And I, I, I loved how, you know, you know, I know David Coulthard was really, uh, really angry with how, you know, Yuki Sonoda said it. He said, I've had so many crashes that's cost the team the money. I thought I wouldn't get a renewal. And I thought maybe that's just, you know, a really young driver, especially, you know, English not being his first language and, it's okay for a lot of people. English is not the first language and we totally, you know, have to appreciate that. He just made a statement offhandish, you know, maybe as a fun, which suddenly saw a very different reaction from, from Mr. David Coulthard, right? But yes, you know, Alpha Tower, uh, I would say buy, you know, again, that would be my first stock in the second rung of stocks mm. to buy. The first team, I would say, it would be even before Ferrari because... They have shown promise and they have shown a lot more promise, especially with Pierre Gasly, like you said. So I would say, yes, if you're, you know, putting in the, the money, you're putting in the money because of Pierre Gasly. And at least, you know, he's extended with the team for next season. Somal. It's like a company, again, that's having an amazing technical department. The, the supply chain is working beautifully. The product is very good. But the salesman, only one of them is actually able to deliver the goods. And, of course, a lot of the stock will be influenced by Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, before we move on to the other teams, Kunal, your thoughts on whether this situation actually gets better. Of course, they've tied him in, and that's a sign of confidence, and that's what he should do with youngsters. But it's taking a while, let's put it that way. It is taking a while with Yuki. And, you know, surprisingly, uh, uh, it's taking much longer to even get him up to a stronger baseline, right? And uh, to, to me, I think Red Bull will uh, persist because they've realized that, you know, not everyone making the steps up to the higher formula. And I was, I was speaking to Dr. Helmut Marko just a couple of days ago, and he actually said something similar. You know, he said when drivers go from go-karts to Formula 4 and then Formula 4 to Formula 3, it's the Formula 4 to Formula 3 step that's extremely big and a tough one to make. So drivers are now needing two seasons in Formula 3, uh, you know, courtesy uh, of this example being Dennis Hauger, the Norwegian, you know, Formula 3 driver who's got one hand on the Formula 3 title, uh, you know, for, for this season, right? So maybe there is a similar realization that they've got that Formula 2 to Formula 1 as well. It's, it's taking drivers longer to get used to Formula 1. And maybe that's the reason why they put you know, Yuki Sonoda in as well. And then, of course, the fact that none of the other junior drivers are sort of ready yet to make the jump. Mm. 
So let's see how F2 season ends and how Yuri Webbs, Jehan, Liam Lawson, all of them, you know, and, and end up at the end of the season if they have the super license points or not. Because then if, you know, Yuki continues this way, and I know we are not talking 2022, but if Yuki continues this way, the typical Red Bull demotion promotion might just come uh, handy, you know, to Dr. Marco at that point. Tell you what, though. Let's talk about a team that doesn't have to worry about promotions, demotions, or anything like that. Aston Martin, they've got a stable driver lineup for multiple reasons. Firstly, because the first driver is the son of the owner. Yes, I know, but he's getting quicker. And the second driver is a four-time world champion, who just brings all of goodwill to the brand. But of this goodwill, Kunal, we were slightly skeptical early on. We would say that we would buy, but we would be a bit aware that this price might be at a premium at the start of 2021. Now, this was owing to their superb results in 2020. This was owing to the name change. This was owing to the new factory, owing to Sebastian Vettel. Things were good. Now, on the track, Aston Martin are not, not where they should be, ideally, in comparison to last year. But, yeah, uh, I, I think maybe holding on wouldn't be that bad of an idea right now. Or, or would you sell in? I might just sell because I said at the start Ooh. of the season that the Alf, Aston Martin stock price was actually at at a high it was an inflated stock price because of all the history and the new branding and the team and the colors and whatever else that they were going to put in but i think that's this is the one team that's comprehensively underperformed so much so that when i you know when you went from uh, alpine to alpha alpha tauri i said okay wait isn't aston martin somewhere there in the middle only to realize that they actually are not so to find them seventh just ahead of Williams in eighth is ridiculous, especially if you've got somebody like, you know, Sebastian Vettel, great statesman, fantastic diplomat for the sport, great ambassador. But let's remember, I mean, you know, in the last uh, seven or eight races, he scored once and his biggest high was Baku when he, he finished second. Of course, you know, betting in different philosophies, different teams, all of that coming in. But at this moment, I'm even happy to, sell my Aston Martin stocks, whatever little I would have bought, <laughs> to somebody who's willing to buy it at the inflated price, Samuel. Uh, dear French authorities, we're just the messengers. We don't know anything about buying any Aston Martin stocks. It might be somebody else <laughs> you're looking after, not us. Watch out for that. That, that person will also buy more into Mercedes, as we mentioned earlier on. They, they, they're just having a gala time right now. But you're right. For later, it might be a good idea, not so much until the end of the year. And one might expect a little bit more from the drivers, right? And and the one that really stings, Kunal, it would have been so much better, but the disqualification, I think they're the only team this year with the DSQ, and, and that one stings a lot. And that is something that actually brings the price down. It does, but, you know, like I said, uh, we are. if we look at, you know, if you look at regular investing, you would never really buy on these ups and downs and market factors that sort of come in, right? You want to buy with some sort of prospecting over a time period. And that's the prospecting that really hurts as well. And, you know, that disqualification had no business coming in to not have that one liter of sample. It's something the teams have done over and over and over and over and over and over again. So I was a little surprised that it happened. So anyway, that's just that with Astrid Martin. What about Williams, though? My word, Kunal. This team was shockingly good 
shockingly good is not a thing. Shockingly good so far this year. And early on, I remember when we were discussing, I think around February, about what we should do with them. I was... We, we, we were slightly pensive about buying them. We said buy, but maybe with an eye for the future, not so much for 2021. And they've gone in and proven everyone wrong. This is just amazing. And much like AlphaTauri, one might think that, oh, this is a one-driver show with George Russell. But no, it's actually so amazing to see that Nicholas Latifi has also brought in the goods so many times this year. One podium for the team this year, of course, in Spa-Francorchamps. A couple of DNFs here and there, of course. That, that one stings a little bit. But to be ahead of Alfa Romeo and Haas, I think that's way, way better than what they would have imagined, to be honest. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that really says about... Uh... Williams and why I would say keep buying and I'm not being influenced by the fact that they've scored you know uh, points in three out of the four races and the recent sort of spike is uh, the reason like I said I would say keep buying is because of the appointment of Yosuke Pito and then the other technical changes he's brought in and so on and you know the signing of Alex Albin even when a Mercedes Nick DeFries was available uh, also shows how Williams are now sort of trying to stand back on their feet as Williams and not as somebody's B team or somebody's partner team and so on. Mm. So the the benefit of that is already probably being seen this season. Again, could be early, uh, could be an early response or an early uh, early reaction from me right now. But it just seems like to me that Williams would definitely be one of the teams I would purchase. Again, second rung of stocks maybe second or third team to play. But it's so much fun. For the longer run, this seems like the one to have. It's like that young gem company that's just coming. I'm not young, of course. Williams has been around for a while, but company that's gaining more steam. And you're so right with that. With Alex Albon, seems like they're gathering more momentum. Seems like it's a sign of intent from Williams. And there are other teams to discuss as well. So let's do that right away, shall we? Next up is Alfa Romeo. And peace and calm was the word we chose for Alfa Romeo. And uh, let's be honest, the biggest story for Alfa Romeo this year, Kunal, is Kimi leaving, which is a bit strange for any Formula 1 team. There should be something to talk about in terms of on-track highlights, in terms of something special that has happened. No podiums expected, not many points finishes. They're behind Williams. Normally, Alfa Romeo is expected to be somewhere around P8. This is just a bit... Absurd, to be honest. Just a few spikes here and there that we've seen so far this year. What's going on here? Would you sell now, finally? I would sell, especially with Kimi going. You know, it was his personality that would have made a lot of people buy the stock anyway. But, you know, Alfa Romeo, very disappointing. They're actually just three points ahead of Haas. And each of those three points were when, you know, one of the drivers finished 10th in those races. So it's not like some really fantastic performances. And of course, Giovinazzi in Monza, we know all know what happened and so on. But that's just racing. You know, you can't really rely on one race to, you know, get your stock price uh, corrected in any way. So I would say everyone's probably out to sell Alfa Romeo or Sauber, even though I have some very good friends working there. But that's just the way it is at the moment for 2021, at least, uh, Samuel. And they've got Botas in for next year, which means... Botas is definitely investing in that stock. <laughs> now, the question is, would Botas influence you to invest in that stock next year? But we'll leave that for next year. 
Yeah, I think we leave that for next year. Not, not much to talk about right now. Wait and watch, right? Maybe the Kimi Raikkonen farewell tour will sell a few more tickets, maybe generate a few, <laughs> a little bit of extra income from the side. But mostly on the track, not much to talk about. But there is a little bit to talk about with Haas. And that's the next team we're going to go with. Haas then. Talk of the Formula One town. Talk of Netflix all the time. We said maybe a good reason. The only reason to buy Kunal would be maybe that they can earn a little bit more with the Netflix prominent display. Uh, I've ruined my grammar. But what I mean to say is when you get to be viewed so often on Netflix, it does bump up your stock value a little bit more. It at least makes you a little more attractive as a company to sponsor because of the higher visibility. On track, though, the visibility is limited, but the drivers are helping out. They're just busting up amongst each other. Typical day at Haas, no? Typical year. Typical. Who would have imagined? Something yeah. is with the Haas team. It doesn't matter who you put in those cars. The drivers are just happy to drive into each other, right? <laughs> and, you know, yes, I said that if somebody offered Gene Haas a chance, he would sell. So, you know, there's good reason to <laughs> not buy. But if you've got any, just sell that stock, right? But, you know, that's pretty ironic investment advice because if we think that somebody else is going to come and buy the team, you'd actually buy the stock right now. So your price goes up if and when somebody makes a purchase. But, yeah, I guess the only reason a few people would have even bought the stock for 20 at least is because of Mick Schumacher Sommel. And that's pretty much about it, I would say. Uh, but yeah, again, it's harsh. Should we even give them more airtime? Nah, I think Netflix will do that for us. I, I don't think we should. <laughs> Netflix will handle that. Uh, guys, you know what to do, right? You, I hope you were following them along. But that, folks, is that. That is our investment advice for the final third of the year. These are the stocks we would buy, hold on, or sell. And what is your take? Of course, reach out to us on social media. Links down in the description below. All of that you can do right there. And also, you can comment your thoughts down below. Remember, not for 2022, just till the end of the year. And finally, your thoughts, Kunal, before we go off air. Samuel, you and I should just start an investment advisory yeah. firm because I think we've nailed 90% of you know, our investment strategy for 2021 correctly and we should try and monetize this in some way you know i know I, i'm kidding i i'm not drunk on like a sunday afternoon or something but i'm pretty i'm pretty i'm pretty chuffed that you and i actually got most of this correct you know for the top middle and the bottom rung teams so helmets off to you as well samuel yeah thank you so much uh what do what do we want to call us the wolves of watch street <laughs> oh, because it's Formula One, let's say the wolves of a certain street, wolves of Hanger Street, whatever it might be, right? Let's just go ahead with it. <laughs> but that, folks, was that from today. Hope you enjoyed listening and watching this episode. More stuff coming up, including race reviews, previews, and all that stuff that you like on the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pits the Podium. So be right here. Have a good time. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. And we shall see you rather soon. Bye-bye.